welcome to Let's Talk Church. I'm Brian. And I'm Matt. We're here to talk about all that is going on in the church world. In this podcast, we find blog posts, articles, and vicious rumors about the church world, and we talk about it. All right, Matt, let's do it. Let's talk church. All right, so here we are, Matt. It is... What is this, like our seventh episode or something like that? We're just chugging right along. We are chugging. And hey, Brian, I got some big news. Uh-oh, what you got? We finally made it to Apple Podcast. We made it to Apple, all right. Yeah, so as, as some of our listeners may or may not know, Apple Podcast is the largest podcast distributor. Yep. So by making the Apple Podcast, it really exposes our uh, show to a lot more people. But there's a big catch. What's that? I'm trying to do a salesy thing here. You gotta, you gotta respond I'm, back I'm, here, man. I'm, I'm asking, what's up? What's going we, on? We didn't practice this, folks. <laughs> but the big catch is that we need reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, the reviews will help us get us. The more reviews we have, the more positive reviews we have, will help us get in front of a larger audience. Right. So if you're listening to our podcast and you really like it, please go to Apple Podcasts, search for Let's Talk Church, and um, leave us leave us a review there. Tell us what you think. That's, that's awesome. I, I'm excited to be there. I, uh, hopefully we'll start to see some, uh, see something different from it. Uh, maybe we can actually turn this into something. Maybe. So, so I, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, what it's, I guess it's been three weeks ago now that I was uh, starting my Greek classes. Uh, so those have been going. Fairly well. I've got a test to take as soon as we uh, get done recording this evening. Um, so let that, me ask you something. Okay. So you're taking Greek classes at seminary. Does they approach that like you would any language class? Like, do they first teach you how to say your name and that sort of thing or what? No. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. Greek is one of those is is one of those languages that you really aren't learning it to be conversational. Because obviously, I mean, it's Koine, especially, I mean, it's, it's dead, right? It's, um, I heard someone one day explain that it's like the old English version of English, right? I mean, technically it's English, but it's old English. And so we can't really understand it today. It's the same with Greek. Koine is kind of that old, that old style in comparison to modern Greek. And it's just, there's no reason to really become conversational in it as much as, taking the time that you can sit down and read ancient texts, right? In the original languages and get the original meanings from it. I mean, but seminary students are essentially nerds. You'd think learning some conversational Greek would be a good way they could nerd out with each other, kind of like learning in Klingon or something, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there are a couple of, uh, throughout the book, there's some little things. This is how you say my name is and stuff like that, but it's not, you know, that's not the core focus. Uh, the focus is simply being able to read the text and translate. I watched TV show once. I learned how to speak French. Je m'appelle Claude. Yeah. Uh, Did I make I, it a I pop you're, culture reference there? I knew there? you were fixing to go with Omelet du Fromage uh, from Dexter's That's... Lab. Oh, um, oh, Dexter's Lab. Yeah. No, that was a that was a friend's re- le- reference right there. I uh, see. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You get past the cartoons that I watched as a kid, and I'm like, meh. <laughs> Not a lot of pop culture references are gonna gonna land here. Well, you weren't homeschooled, were you? No, no. He was a he was a public school kid. I was. We need to bring in some homeschool people on here. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I know a few. We can uh, we can make it work. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about this article. Yeah. So the what article you got? this week is. Is the phrase practice what you preach in the Bible? Okay. Monosyllabic answer. No. <laughs> Define monosyllabic. W- one syllable. No. Now, obviously there's more nuance to it than that. But just answering their question from the headline, no. The phrase practice what you preach is not in the Bible. Well, the words practice what you preach is in the Bible. No. The words practice, practice what they preach is in the Bible. Well, that's true. And that's basically what the author of yep. this uh, story gets to, right? So this story is by Amy Swanson, uh, Christianity.com contributing author. Uh, let's see. I, you know what? I didn't even pull up her thing before uh, reading this story here. <laughs> so she resides in Connecticut where she's recently discovered a passion for Bible study and writing. By God's continued grace, she enjoys helping others better understand their Bibles while also being an advocate for biblical church integrity. As a mother of three and a wife of 13 years, she blogs less than she'd like to, but shares scriptural insights, encouraging truth, resources, and musings more regularly at her blog, Beloved Warrior. I'll have to check that out. So judging her solely on this article here, um, she seems to very much reference scripture Mm -hmm. i'm a fan of this also a fan of how she takes a very common phrase completely destroys what we generally think about (laughs) such a phrase and says here's what the bible actually says right um one of the things she starts off early on in the article here and she does mention that where, where we were discussing about and it's in the niv translation where it says, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach in Matthew 23. Right. Um, but then she goes on and she talks about um, not only what they were teaching, but we got to look at what was happening at the time, the context of that. And that's something mm-hmm. you and I have conversations about a lot, right? Right. Yep. Context matters. Context matters. Because I tell you, I'm a big fan and I realize that you and I don't completely agree on everything on this, but I'm a big fan of a uh, very literal translation of the Bible. The Bible mm-hmm. says X, Y, Z, and it means X, Y, Z. However, I think that, and this is actually a great example of, of, of my thoughts on this. Um, I think it's very important that we understand the Bible properly. Right. And, it is very easy to get yourself off when you say, oh, yeah, I read the King James Version of the Bible, or I read the NSV or the ESV or the NIV. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all slightly different because the translations are different, right? right. So we were discussing the Greek there. Um, a lot of this was written in Greek or Hebrew, and uh, it was written in different languages of what we speak, and there's going to be some changes in translation there. And there's changes by different groups that have done translations over the years. Yep. 
And, um, let me, go let me ahead. Interject because since since we're talking about translation, right? We have to be um, upfront with with what translation actually is. Um, there is no one for one. This word means this word, right? In between any languages, there is no mother tongue that everything comes back to, right? Right. So what we actually have to do is we read it in the original language and we, we interpret what that says and then provide the new language, the most accurate relevant word or phrase, right? Like gato in Spanish does not mean cat, right? It is the word for the feline creature that we in English call cat. Right. Uh, so when translating, we have to remember, and this is what you're we're, we're coming to uh, when you're talking about all of the different translations that are out there, every single one of them from King James to Tyndale before that, to the ESV, to uh, David Bentley Hart's New Testament, right. That just came out. Every single one of them is an interpretation. So one of the things about the Bible is that it is the Holy Word of God, right. right? And so that makes it a little different than just translating some words. Right. And this is why it's important who does the translation as well. This mm -hmm. has to be something guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, the entire writing of the Bible itself was done by multiple authors. And right. the thing is that it was guided by the Holy Spirit. But what I'm getting to is I very much believe in what the Bible says, but it's important to understand when the Bible said it, what it was actually talking about, what was actually happening and going on. If we take word for word, just like if we translated word for word, we would get it off. Right. So studying the Bible is a, I mean, honestly, it's a lifelong pursuit, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to really work at that. Right. And this is something the author here, I think, does a pretty good job of breaking down. She answers her own question pretty easily, and right. it's a pretty pop. I'm not pop. What's the word I'm thinking about? It's a headline meant to make you think, oh, let me read this because of this headline, right? Right. Almost, almost clickbaity, but not quite clickbaity. Yeah. Um, it, I feel it, bad saying clickbait, but it kind of well, is, right? Right. Because it's, you know, for, you know, the readers like you or I that, uh, you know, immediately off the top of her head, know the phrase practice, which preach is not in the Bible. So we want to read it and see where she's coming from. Then there's other people that are like, well, wait, is it in the Bible? And so they're reading it to see where she's coming from. So it's, it's almost clickbaity, but not quite. It's not like, um, educational clickbait. It's educational clickbait. That's a good way of putting <laughs> it. You know, it's, you're not, it's not a lie, Right in in the headline to make you click on something but it is intended to encourage you to click on it it's not like one of these you know wow hashtag insert your favorite president you hate here right. he did this wonderful despicable insert thing you really despise here yeah. type or headline insurance providers hate us you know yeah those kind of things yeah it's not quite that bad but she does do a good job of breaking it down and saying, okay, it's not in the Bible exactly like that, but the concept is in the Bible. Right. Yeah. And here's the many different places it's referenced. 
um, Jesus was referencing it there in Matthew 23, talking mm-hmm. about the Pharisees not practicing what they preach. Um, in the interest of time, I'm not going to go super into that <laughs> verse because I feel like we could spend, in those three verses, we could spend an hour talking about those three verses. Absolutely. Um, it makes me want to be, uh, what's that word? Uh, expo- expen- Exposition, preach, uh, expositional about, yeah, yeah, yeah. expository yep. about the whole thing. But she goes on and she mentions several other verses in Matthew and Luke. And I'll let y'all read the article to see. And of course in Romans. Um, But basically the whole concept is that, you know, before we go around accusing other people, uh, we need to be sure we're, we're doing what we say, what we preach. Right. And she makes a very good concept about a very good argument about the law and about if you're going to live under the law, well, you're basically going to fail under the law. I love how she pulls it back to salvation that if we live under the law, we're going to fail under the law, which was the whole thing Jesus was preaching in the first place. And that really practice what you preach is a reference to we need Christ. Um, and I think that's where she kind of comes to it. Before I just go through all that, what do you, uh, what's your thoughts on that, Brian? Um. Just, just kind of taking in all that, that you've just said. Um, yeah, like I kind of just skimmed over the top there. Right, and, and like you said, just in trying not to make it an hour or four-hour long discussion. Um, I, I myself am not a fan, even though I'm guilty of it in the past, uh, not really a fan of picking out single verses to make my point, right? Um, or even, you know, small sections of verses. While the majority of her, her choices are are good and they make the point that she's trying to make, but I think we need to be cautious of just saying, because she used a whole bunch of verses, then we know that she's probably got things all figured out because I could pick a whole bunch of verses and say a whole bunch of different things. Um, but I, I like your point about, you know, practice what you preach, leading us back to Jesus, right? Um, you, you started out with, you know, uh, calling out from Romans, you know, where Paul... Um, is teaching the people that those who are doing these evil things are also the same ones saying, don't do them, right? And so he's he's pointing it out of, hey, you're, you're saying you live this way, or you're saying that people have to live this way, but then you yourself are not, right? And for me, that brings me back to the ascetic lifestyle that, that I should be holding to, right? That that I should be taking my time and looking at myself and seeing where do I live in relation to Jesus, right? Is my life exemplary of his life, right? Honestly, Matt, you know I love you, but I don't care about your sins. I got time for my own, right? <laughs> I mean, I if, you. if if you're going off and doing your thing, that's cool. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm here for you and we can talk about it. But I'm not going to hunt you down and tell you that you're sinning, right? I ain't got time for that. 
right? I have my own time that I have to sit down and see, am I doing these things that I say to others, even in this podcast, don't do, right? Or worse, right? Am I not doing the things that I'm telling people to do? Right? It goes both ways, right? We often in the West, right? Particularly, we like to, to pick out sin, right? And say, such and such is a sin, so don't do it, right? But we always find the negatives, right? The don't do this, the don't do that. We fail to say not letting go not doing this or not reading your Bible or not praying, those are all still sin, right? Those are all still a problem. So do them, right? Your day-to-day -day life, the things that you're doing every day should be spiritually beneficial, right? And if they're not, you need to sit back and, and, and evaluate. I need to sit back and evaluate. So I, I tell I think, you, I think that's where, you know, it's, it's so easy for us to say, practice what you preach means, you know, don't go and, and teach on a Sunday morning, not to, uh, not to be looking at porn. Right. And then go home Sunday night and, and do what you're going to do. Right. That is part of practice what you preach, but it's also when you get up on Sunday morning and say, you need to be studying your Bible for, you know, an hour a day, you need to be praying several times a day and then not going home or going home and not doing that. It's just as bad. It's just as faulty. You know, I think that <laughs> uh, I, I get me started and I'm just going to keep on going. No, 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 no. I, I think you got a good point there. And it reminds me, you know, I told you a couple times I've been listening to that Mars Hill podcast and the, it keeps reminding me so much of experiences I've had in church. Mm hmm. And that's something I've been thinking about, about that too. So, you know, on Sunday you're, you're doing this just charismatic preaching and you're, you're, you're making relationships with people and you're talking to people and people are trusting Jesus and things seem to be going so well, but when you're making all these big moves, it is so easy to let all the little things go by the wayside. It's so easy to not sit down and spend time reading scripture and not right. spend the time praying that you need to pray and things like that um, because you've got all this other big stuff happening. And that's mm -hmm. what, that's what happened there at Mars Hill. Yep. So many big things were happening and that's what's happened at so many of our churches. I've had friends that's happened to, and just to be honest, it's happened to me, you know? Um, and then the same thing and kind of the different place in life I'm at now, I'm in suburbia here and suburbia can sometimes be a little bit boring to me because I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking to people who are trying to, who, who, who've got the shakes right now because they're trying to overcome their drug addiction because they were, they were high six hours ago. Right. And they're trying to trust Jesus right now, you know? Yep. Um, I'm just not, and I'm trying to work real hard on in our church, building relationships in our life group and learning this community and building relationships there. And it's hard it's hard when you don't see those big things, you know, you've got to keep mm -hmm. concentrating on the seemingly smaller stuff. Right. 
Um, and then I think that's part of what Jesus referenced when he talked about the hard for a rich man to get to heaven, you know? Right. Yeah. It's and, not and so I, much about the money as it's about what's around. Right. I, I want to make the point for the listeners. <laughs> I know that they know this because hopefully they, the ones that are listening have been listening to us. They know that this is, this is who we are. But when we say the small stuff, right, we're not meaning the insignificant things, right? We're right, meaning the right. simple things, right? That's a better word than simple. Before, right. A, a simple prayer before a meal, right, is not insignificant by any stretch of the imagination, but it is simple, right? Those are the small things, right? Uh, just wanted to make sure that we clarified that. Yes. Uh, because in, in reality, a lot of those small things are the biggest things, the most significant, the, the most impactful things in our lives that we should be doing. It is hard to sin in front of others whenever you are by yourself so close with the Lord. Right. You know, it's hard to sin even by yourself whenever you're by yourself so close to the Lord. Yep. Um, it's the little steps uh, that lead you astray or lead you to the right place. And so, yeah, I don't mean to trivialize it by right. saying small things. Simple yeah. is probably a better better term there. Um, but it's the stuff that I try to work on the most and that mm -hmm. I don't always succeed at, for sure. And I will tell you, you got a good point about, yeah, she's using lots of Scripture. It doesn't mean just because she used lots of Scripture. But I, she obviously was using Scripture that discussed the concept or the words about practicing what you preach. Right. And she was trying to explain how they all are talking about different things. Mm -hmm. and it's not all the same concept um and she even goes into what's a modern application and what was the application there at the time so i think she really did do a pretty good job on that even though she used quite a few scriptures oh yeah yeah i, I don't um, i don't mean to belittle the you know the content of what she wrote and i agree uh, with I you generally I, good. I use stories and areas of scripture more than individual verses yes for a couple reasons. One, that's how Jesus actually preached. Right. Um, and two, I'm very dyslexic and I cannot <laughs> quote you scripture in verse for most things. Right. I, you'll hear me re reference scripture and I'll say, yeah, that was in, I think, the third act of, of Acts or <laughs> the third chapter of Acts or was that in somewhere, somewhere over there? Yeah. Yeah. And I can find it pretty quick when I go, you know, flipping through the pages or use my Bible app because it's easier. Right. Um, I've read the scripture. But I can't tell you the, the chapter and verse for most of it. Right. Maybe that's my own failing, and I, I wish I could. My wife is amazing at such a thing because she spent years studying such. Uh -huh. Her family invested time in making sure her and her siblings and other kids in her church knew and can pull scripture like that. And right. let me tell you, that time has been well spent because there's been many times in my life when there's been something going on and my wife pulls out a scripture and uses that scripture and what it's talking about to help us have some solace in our life. Mm -hmm. If it's a scripture, I know that Jesus wasn't talking about us per se. It's a good tool to use. Um, it's a good tool to use. Right. Yeah. I, I really like how she pulls the concept, right? The, the modern understanding of the concept and goes back and says, well, this is an area that, you know, um, at the time, the context would would basically be saying the same thing, uh, right? 
So I, I did like that she she did that. I I'm like you. I can't there's a lot of a lot of verses, right, that I know, right? But to tell you exactly which chapter and verse, no. Right? I can tell you, you know, Romans twelve, right, says this, right? And it's somewhere in that chapter. Or at right. least on that page. <laughs> right. And uh, and you're the one with an actual seminary degree here. Right. You're the actual educated person. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, a big part of that is, you know, chapter and verse weren't even added until like the sixth century. Right. So it's not even stuff that Paul or Peter or Jesus himself would have known. He couldn't have said, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 says, that I was coming after 490 years, right? He, he wouldn't have said it that way, right? Yeah. His statements simply referenced the general area of the verse, and it was your responsibility to know that area of the, of the Bible, right? So when, sh when I reference, you know, um, for I've been crucified with Christ, Right. I don't have to tell you. Right. You probably know that's Galatians and that that's that to me. For the general populace. Right. If you're talking to someone that has more merit than simply saying, well, I need you to turn to Galatians chapter two, verse 20 and see what Paul said. Right. Why are you making my argument there, Brian? That's only my argument. Well, Joe Blow doesn't care about it. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, right? And, I, and I've got I've got a good point to make with this. So, see if I can keep all of my thoughts together and put it all in one big point, right? An atheist, right, does not believe in the authority of the Bible. So, how do you reach them? You you can't, right? With the Bible. You cannot say, because the Bible says it, therefore it's true. Because for them, the Bible is not true. An agnostic, most of the time, is in that same boat, right? They're at least flaky on whether the Bible is authoritative. Any other religion that is non-Christian might look at the Bible as morally good or might not, right? Either way, it's still not the authoritative uh, source of truth, right? So then how do you reach them? Right? What do you say or do? And one of the things that, and I know that you know where I, uh, what, what I'm going to say as soon as I start saying it, one of the things that I learned at a very young age is that I am the only Bible that several people will ever read. It is my responsibility to live out the Bible in such a way that someone who does not believe that it's authoritative will see it and say, wait, what's, what's going on here, right? And that's, I think that's a big part of what she's trying to get to. I don't think she necessarily reaches to that full 
point, right? Oh, I think she does. I think she does. I think you're making the same point she made. I think you're making a great point because that kind of comes back to the whole concept of practice what you right. preach, right? Through the Bible. She ends the article in 1 Peter 2.12. Let me read you what that says. She said it in NIV, so I'll say it in NIV. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That's... That's what you're talking about there. We have to be careful how we present ourselves. Right. Um, that that verse. Let's let's set aside a special podcast week that we can talk about the the context of that verse. Um, but the point still stands, right? Live your lives among the Gentiles, that when they speak evil against you, they'll glorify God. Jesus said the same thing. Let your light shine before men that they may see you, your good works and glorify God. Right. Um, there was another one that I just, it just kind of flew through my mind. There's, there's a couple other places that the same kind of thing is said. Um, Peter points out, be ready to give an answer to your faith. Right. When people come to you and say, why do you have the joy? Be ready to answer them. Right. Because the expectation there is that they see you and see that you're different. It, it's the whole practice what you preach thing is more than just, I hate to say, just more than just looking good. There's a purpose to it. And it's an evangelistic purpose. What you thinking? I think that's a good place to end this right here. I think it's a good point. If, uh, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like I said, I mean, we could, I could sit and we could go on this for, for hours. Right. Uh, because the Bible is so full of live life in the way that makes the most impact both physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of them. So go go live your lives this week as the only Bible that someone's ever going to read. There's the evangelistic Brian right there, y'all. <laughs> so, all right, well, um, do you want to say a goodbye to our listeners for this episode or something like that? We've right. got to work out what our ending should be. I know, right? I, I do think we need to remind people i know we said it at the beginning you know go and and find us on apple and and leave us a review it really does help it makes all the difference um, obviously as we're as we're dialing in this this podcast and dialing in what we want it to really be um i i told matt last week after after we discussed our our orthodox article um I want to focus more on articles like this that have an application and a and a a key point that we can really drive home um, and make a difference for everybody. Yeah, I think we're getting rid of our no preaching thing. Yeah. So um, it's really hard not to do a little bit of preaching sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's kind of in our in our in our blood a little bit, and uh, it'll be really fun because 
we mostly agree, but you'll find some times where Brian and I won't agree. So that'll be yep, even more that'll fun. That'll be fun. Um, I don't know that we're going to just start pulling out verses and preach the verses. We're still going to use articles here, but absolutely, we're going to yeah. use articles where they're they're trying to to talk about a concept, and we can help break that down. Yes. There's lots of false teaching out there, and I think it's important that we look at some stuff that we don't agree with. Um, there's some stuff we might not agree with that isn't necessarily false teaching too, but there's some stuff which just boo hockey. Right. So we'll cover some of that too. So that'll be a lot of fun. So y'all, yeah. um, subscribe or in Apple's terms, they don't call it subscribing over there. They call it following. Ooh. So follow us on Apple podcast. Yep. Awesome. Be blessed guys.